Be faithful and conquer your fears. The Apostle Peter developed rock-like faith and became a solid pillar of the congregation. He was among the twelve whom Jesus chose to be his apostles. Jesus called him Cephas, or Peter, which means a piece of rock, knowing in advance that Peter would display rock-like qualities. Jesus bestowed on Peter the keys of the kingdom to open the hope of entering God's kingdom to the Jews, to the Samaritans, and to the Gentiles. On Pentecost 33 CE, Peter acted as spokesman for the apostles and made use of the first of the keys given to him by Jesus. Moreover, Peter wrote two inspired letters bearing his name. However, Peter is partly remembered for his human weaknesses. To remain faithful, he had to conquer various fears. Fear of inadequacy. Fear resulting from doubt. Fear of man. By means of the following audio drama, we will examine three accounts wherein Peter demonstrated fear, and then we will discuss what we can learn from how he overcame his fears. The dramatic reading will focus on events in the Apostle Peter's life. As you listen to each segment, think about how you would answer each of the following four questions. First, what challenges did Peter face? Second, how did Jesus help Peter overcome those challenges? Third, what similar challenges might we face? And fourth, how did Jehovah and Jesus help us to remain faithful and conquer our fears? Please listen carefully to the reading of Luke 5, 1-11. As you listen, picture yourself standing on the shore of the lake of Gennesaret, that is, the Sea of Galilee, and then stepping onto a wooden fishing boat with Jesus. Hear the waves gently slapping against the sides of your boat as Jesus speaks to the crowd on shore. Feel your fishing net drop from your hands into the lake, and then the heavy tug on your shoulders as the net fills with swarming fish. Luke chapter 5 begins with crowds pressing in on Jesus. So now let us relive Peter's experience as we follow the drama, Be Faithful and Conquer Your Fears. On an occasion when the crowd was pressing close upon him and listening to the word of God, he was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats docked at the lakeside, but the fishermen had got out of them and were washing off their nets. Going aboard one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to pull away a bit from land. Then he sat down, and from the boat he began teaching the crowds. When he ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Pull out to where it is deep, and you men, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon in reply said, Instructor, for a whole night we toiled and took nothing. But at your bidding, I will lower the nets. Well, when they did this, 
they enclosed a great multitude of fish. In fact, their nets began ripping apart. So they motioned to their partners in the other boat to come and assist them. And they did come. And they filled both boats so that these began to sink. Seeing this, Simon Peter fell down at the knees of Jesus, saying, Depart from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For at the catch of fish which they took up, astonishment overwhelmed him and all those with him, and likewise both James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were sharers with Simon. But Jesus said to Simon, Stop being afraid. From now on, you will be catching men alive. So they brought the boats back to land and abandoned everything and followed him. So how would you answer the four questions posed at the outset? Question number one was, what challenge did Peter face? Peter was gripped by a sense of his own unworthiness and sinfulness, especially in the company of the miracle worker Jesus. He begged Jesus to go away from him. The second question was, how did Jesus help Peter overcome that challenge? Jesus did not depart from Peter, nor did he criticize him. Rather, Jesus kindly provided encouragement and reassured Peter. Jesus accepted him as a fellow worker worthy of being assigned a ministry of catching men alive. What similar challenges might we face? That was our third question. Satan seeks to convince us that we're not worthy. He often does this when we are most vulnerable, when we are ill, frail, elderly, or staggering under the weight of failures and disappointments. Our heart may condemn us, especially when we become painfully aware of our imperfections and shortcomings. Because of our background, we may tend to think negatively of ourselves as if nothing we do could be acceptable to Jehovah or Jesus. Yet, how do Jehovah and Jesus help us to remain faithful and conquer our fears? That was our fourth question. The fact is that Jehovah sees beyond our mistakes and perceives our real potential. He also knows our motives and intentions. He is not unreasonable. Jesus, in turn, assures us of His Father's love for us and His approval. Remembering that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and meditating on God's love and approval give us a sense of personal happiness and fulfillment. Jehovah adequately qualifies us for the ministry. Jesus commissions us as His followers, as He did Peter, to be fishers of men. Now let us listen to the presentation of another Bible account found at Matthew 14, 23-34, which presents what happened later. As you listen, put yourself in Peter's place on the wind-whipped deck of a fishing boat 
that is bobbing like a cork in stormy waters. Peer into the darkness of night and spot Jesus walking on the water. Hear the confidence and excitement in Peter's voice when he asks to walk on water, followed suddenly by his cry for help as he begins to sink. Eventually, having sent the crowds away, he went up into the mountain by himself to pray. Though it became late, he was there alone. By now the boat was many hundreds of yards away from land, being hard put to it by the waves, because the wind was against them. But in the fourth watch period of the night, he came to them, walking over the sea. When they caught sight of him walking on the sea, the disciples were troubled, saying, oh, It is an apparition! Look! And they cried out in their fear, oh, It is an apparition! But at once Jesus spoke to them with the words, Take courage! It is I! Have no fear! In reply, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you over the waters. He said, Come! Thereupon Peter, getting down off the boat, walked over the waters and went toward Jesus. But looking at the windstorm, he got afraid, and after starting to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Immediately stretching out his hand, Jesus caught hold of him and said to him, You with little faith, why did you give way to doubt? And after they got up into the boat, the windstorm abated. Then those in the boat did obeisance to him, saying, You are, you are really you are God's son. And they got across and came to land in Gennesaret. Let us now consider how the four questions posed at the outset were answered in the passage that we just enjoyed. Again, what challenge did Peter face? Peter actually walked on water, but then lost his focus on Jesus. Peter's initial courage and confidence wilted because he allowed fear to make him give way to doubt. How did Jesus help Peter overcome that challenge? Jesus did not become angry at Peter and say to him that he was worthless and without hope. In a kind way, Jesus helped Peter to see his lack, his need for more faith. What similar challenges might we face? Inner struggles with self-control and other problems can sow seeds of poisonous doubt, as can worldly philosophy and apostate propaganda. Yet, how do we receive help from Jehovah and Jesus to remain faithful and conquer our fears and doubts? Earnest prayer to Jehovah for more faith is the first step. In addition, we should feel free to ask for help from overseers in the congregation. We must focus attention on Jehovah and His Word and on Jesus and His example, 
not allowing ourselves to be consumed by our problems. Remember that when Peter focused on the storm instead of on Jesus, he became afraid. The same holds true for us. The more we let our minds dwell on the dangers that frighten us, the more fearsome they appear. Dwell instead on solutions and on the source of our hope and strength. Now let us listen to the third and final segment of this dramatic Bible reading, which is drawn from Matthew 26, 31-75. As you listen, put yourself in Peter's place as he sees his miracle-working Savior arrested by the religious leaders. Hear Peter's confident tone as he boasts of undeviating loyalty to Jesus, only to be followed by his denial of knowing him. Then hear the rooster's crow and Peter's bitter weeping over his betrayal of the Christ. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be stumbled in connection with me on this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered about. But after I have been raised up, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. But Peter in answer said to him, Although all the others are stumbled in connection with you, never will I be stumbled. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, on this night, before a cock crows, you will disown me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I should have to die with you, I will by no means disown you. All the other disciples also said the same thing. Disown you? I will by no means disown you, even if we have to die with you. Then Jesus came with them to the spot called Gethsemane, and he said to the disciples, Sit down here while I go over there and pray. And taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he started to be grieved and to be sorely troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved, even to death. Stay here and keep on the watch with me. And going a little way forward, he fell upon his face praying and saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass away from me. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Huh? And he said to Peter, Could you men not so much as watch one hour with me? Keep on the watch and pray continually that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit, of course, is eager, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went off and prayed, saying, My father, if it is not possible for this to pass away except I drink it, let your will take place. And he came again and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them, 
he again went off and prayed for the third time, saying once more the same word. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, At such a time as this you are sleeping and taking your rest? Look, the hour has drawn near for the Son of Man to be betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer has drawn near. And while he was yet speaking, look, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and older men of the people. Now his betrayer had given them a sign, saying, Whoever it is I kiss, this is he. Take him into custody. And going straight up to Jesus, he said, Good day, Rabbi and kissed him very tenderly. But Jesus said to him, Fellow, for what purpose are you present? Then they came forward and laid hands on Jesus and took him into custody. But look, one of those with Jesus reached out his hand and drew his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and took off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Return your sword to its place for all those who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father to supply me at this moment more than 12 legions of angels? In that case, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must take place this way? In that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, Have you come out with swords and clubs as against a robber to arrest me? Day after day, I used to sit in the temple teaching, and yet you did not take me into custody. But all this has taken place for the scriptures of the prophets to be fulfilled. Then all the disciples abandoned him and fled. Those who took Jesus into custody led him away to Caiaphas the high priest, where the scribes and the older men were gathered together. But Peter kept following him at a good distance as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and after going inside, he was sitting with the house attendants to see the outcome. Meantime, the chief priest and the entire Sanhedrin were looking for false witness against Jesus in order to put him to death, but they found none, although many false witnesses came forward. Later on, two came forward and said, This man said, I am able to throw down the temple of God, and build it up in three days. With that, the high priest stood up and said to him, Have you no answer? What is it these are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent. So the high priest said to him, By the living God, I put you under oath to tell us whether you are the Christ the Son of God. Jesus said to him, You yourself said it. Yet I say to you, men, from henceforth you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest ripped his outer garments, saying, He has blasphemed. What further need do we have of witnesses? See, now you have heard the blasphemy. What is your opinion? 
They returned answer. He, he is liable, liable to death. Then they spit into his face and hit him with their fists. Others slapped him in the face, saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him, saying, You too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are talking about. After he'd gone out to the gatehouse, another girl noticed him and said to those there, This man was with Jesus the Nazarene. And again he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, those standing around came up and said to Peter, Certainly you also are one of them. For in fact, your dialect gives you away. Then he started to curse and swear. I do not know the man. And immediately a cock crowed. And Peter called to mind the saying Jesus spoke, namely, Before a cock crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. <laughs> What a powerful account. What can we learn from it? Consider again how the four questions posed at the outset were answered. What challenge did Peter face in this instance? Fear of man overpowered him, didn't it? Along with the other apostles, Peter abandoned Jesus. The sudden change in circumstances surrounding Jesus threw Peter off balance. In the grip of fear, Peter denied that he was one of Jesus' disciples. Instead of being rock-like, his faith was like shifting sand. Could Peter regain his spiritual balance? Would he allow his failure to cause him to fall into despair and give up? Or would he return to following Jesus? This was the challenge Peter faced. How did Jesus help him overcome it? Jesus did not abandon Peter, or the rest of his followers for that matter. He did not lose patience with Peter, nor did he hold a grudge. No, rather he understood Peter's weaknesses and saw strengths in him that would be useful in the future. Even while foretelling that Peter would fail him, Jesus said, I have made supplication for you that your faith may not give out. And you, once you have returned, strengthen your brothers. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared to Peter and the rest of the apostles to instruct and encourage them. He entrusted Peter with the responsibility of shepherding and feeding his little sheep. What similar challenges might we face? Fear of what our relatives, workmates, schoolmates, or neighbors might think about us can cause us to begin losing our faith. A sudden change in circumstances, a medical emergency, a nationalistic ceremony, or the like, can catch us off guard, causing us to weaken in faith 
when in front of authority figures. Yet, how did Jehovah and Jesus help us to remain faithful and conquer our fear of man? Jehovah protects and rewards those who have complete trust in Him. By studying and meditating on His Word, we become acquainted with events that demonstrate His dependability, His love, His almighty power, and the certainty of His promises, including that of the resurrection. Our confidence in God grows, and so does our love for Him and our earnest desire to avoid displeasing Him. Strong love for God fortifies us against fear of man. Look to Jehovah as your helper. Always remember that no human can give you what God will give to those who fear Him alone. Jesus oversees all the congregations and knows our deeds. He can infuse us with strength and the courage to continue without let-up in teaching and declaring the good news about the Christ. He will not lose His patience with us if, like Peter, we do not give up. He looks for the good in us, as He did with His imperfect apostles. The brothers in the congregation can help us strengthen our determination to serve Jehovah faithfully. Truly, the Apostle Peter was a man who conquered his fears by his faith. He was used in a great way by his God Jehovah and his Master Jesus, in spite of his weaknesses. As seriously as Peter transgressed, he did not become so discouraged that he quit. His record shows what God's Spirit can do for imperfect humans. Peter's experience assures us that if anyone falls short in following Jesus or in serving Jehovah, there is always a way open for genuine repentance, forgiveness, and renewal. What an encouragement his life is to all who try hard to follow Jesus faithfully and conquer their fears.